Welcome to the Start, Scale, Succeed podcast with me, your host, Nicole Higgins, the Buy and Retail Coach, sharing tips, advice, and insight from entrepreneurs that have just launched to multi-million pound business owners. We will be discussing the challenges they faced, advice they would give, and the milestones they achieved and how they got there. Also joining me will be a broad range of experts with some tips and practical how-tos, episodes that will help your business grow and to enable you to live the life you crave. The types of experts that you'll hear from will be those that you will find beneficial as you start and scale your business, from branding and social media experts to mindset coaches and PR marketing. There will also be solo episodes from me discussing a variety of topics from sourcing to maximizing the profit in your business. Starting and running your own business can sometimes be exhausting, especially if you are trying to balance this with another full-time career, a family or other responsibilities. Today on Start, Scale, Succeed, I'm chatting to Katie Phillips about dealing with burnout and being overwhelmed. Katie is a burnout expert and business coach and mentor. Thanks for joining me today, Katie. Thanks for having me. Good morning. So if you could um, introduce yourself, give us a little bit about your background and how you came to to be a burnout coach. Of course. So um, I became a burnout coach because I've experienced burnout three times or three and a half times. Actually, I, I say my first one was very, very much on the cusp of extreme stress and burnout. But um, it all started probably when I was very small, being a little bit of an overachiever, um, you know, straight A student, always felt that I had to be uh, the very, very best and overworking. And that kind of just spiraled into my professional life. So spent 15 years in corporates, started in government, uh, and then eventually it finished off in a tech startup. So I'd spent 15 years managing projects, working with leaders, lots of communications, and it just started to take its toll. At the end of 2018, I started to get pretty sick. So physically, but I had no idea that the physical sickness was anything to do with the fact that I was uh, burning out. Um, and eventually it kind of stopped me sleeping. And three weeks later, I was signed off work and I didn't go back. Uh, it took me about eight months to start to feel human again and probably well over a year before I was really kind of able to function in any sort of, let's say, uh, adult capacity. Yeah. And before that that burnout where you you took kind of eight months out and, and rested and, and recuperated, how long do you think that was coming, you know, before that happened Oof, the, the one of 2018, I think it was, I, I'd been sick on and off for about, probably about five, six months before I went off work. But like pretty, you know, I had constant um, headaches, constant problems with my neck and my back, sciatica, uh, gastritis to the point where I couldn't lie down in the evenings. Um, my sleep, an absolute classic sign of stress was terrible. Mm-hmm. So I think that the, this, this, the physical side of it happened a good six months before that. And in, and in previous burnouts, which which weren't as severe, but were pretty, pretty unpleasant as well. Um, you know, I had a good few months of headaches, neck ache, um, feeling emotional, irritable, low, uh, all of those classic signs. But I just had no idea that yeah. those were warning me to kind of slow down and, and take a step back and assess what where I was. And so you took those eight months out, rested and recuperated, and then what what happened then? Well, I realized that um, the situation that I was in and the life that I was living was not going to keep me well. Mm-hmm. So it became very clear through kind of counseling and, and coaching that um, if I were to go back to the job that I was in, um, I was going to end up back in the same situation because that had happened for the 15 over those 15 years. So 
you know, three three times I, I thought, oh, I'll change my job. I'll be I'll feel better when I have a, a pay rise. I'll feel better after a holiday. All of those things that you know they take the pressure off. But essentially, I just kind of went back into that burnout cycle. Yeah. So at that point, that, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I might have changed my environment slightly or changed my city slightly, but my habits, my yeah. kind of behaviors around work were very very safe very similar so yeah I, I decided to step away from that job so I handed in my notice I um this is not the only way to deal with burnout I should say but I decided to <laughs> you, you, you don't have to be as extreme well, I don't we'll have go kids or anything. That anyway. we'll go through that but yeah I I um so I, I sold my stuff um decided to get rid of my flat and my partner and I went to Asia and yeah just took some time to recover and then I started building this business so I retrained with a uh, mental health first aid I've got some uh, kind of more relevant business uh, coaching qualifications and yeah kind of merged my lived experience with my 15 years of professional experience plus the work in mental health and that's that's why I'm here today and I bet you've never looked back no I haven't actually yeah. I haven't I, I do miss I do miss team. I do miss being part of a bigger team, but I work mm-hmm. with other businesses and, and, and consultants and that kind of fills that gap a little bit. So it's nice. And like I mentioned earlier in the introduction, managing a business and creating your own business, you are juggling a lot of, you know, you are spinning a lot of plates. And, you know, especially if you are doing something as a side hustle and you're really trying to make a go of it and you're managing your full-time career or family and other responsibilities, what are the what are the early signs of being burnt out or, be, you know, becoming overwhelmed? So I think the early signs are definitely very much related to stress. So w- there's a lot of talk about burnout at the moment and stress definitely can can cause it and push you towards it but they are different things but those early warning signs are very similar so I mentioned some already if your sleep is broken so if you're having trouble getting to sleep or waking up a lot um that's a good sign that there's something up your stress levels are a little bit high you've got too much of that cortisol uh, the stress hormone in your body and it's starting to disrupt your sleep being a bit irritable short-tempered perhaps withdrawing a little bit. And that could be from loved ones because you just can't handle conversations about work. It could be from clients. It could be from colleagues if you're in in employment. Um, And then there's the physical things, aches and pains, tummy trouble. Uh, I used to uh, break out in this kind of like eczema, which I'd never had before around my eyes. So, you know, just you're really looking for changes because we all, it will affect us all in very different ways. Um, Maybe you'll start getting lots of colds or sore throats. Um, all, of, all of those little changes are the kind of signs that things aren't quite right. And that's like on the physical end of it. Mm-hmm. And then on, on the kind of let's talk about the thoughts and the kind of internal side. So when we start questioning what we're doing. And I think that's the main difference between stress and burnout. With stress, everything feels really overwhelming. Like there's just too much and, you know, spinning all the plates like you mentioned but you do feel like you can get a grip on it. You think, okay, how bad the, I can I can manage this. With burnout, those thoughts go from, oh my goodness, this is way too much, to, oh my goodness, this is way too much. I cannot do this. Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. Why am I here? Am I even any good? You start questioning everything. Is exactly. that what happens? You start questioning everything. Whereas I think, so like you said, with stress, sometimes it's like, right, okay, I've got a plan. I'm going to get through this. And, it, yeah. and, and it's a bit of that fight or flight, I suppose. I don't know whether that comes into it as well. Yeah, this, that is, stress is more like the overstimulated. So you're just kind of like really, really like, you think like high energy, even if you're feeling yeah. exhausted, you're kind of like, you're, you're on it. You're in a zone. Bit, yeah. Exactly. 
even if it's not necessarily very uh, healthy, your yeah. body feels like kind of, you know, it's, it's high energy. Whereas burnout is very much a feeling of not enough. It's like if, if, if stress is like top end, burnout is bottom end. So stress is too much, burnout is not enough. It's that emptiness. It's that complete, like, I don't want to say hopelessness, but there is a, there is a certain amount of crossover between burnout and, and depression symptoms, but we won't go into those. Mm-hmm. But it's that feeling of really just not being able to do it anymore. And if you can start asking yourself, what's the point? I think that for me is a really, really good indicator that you're starting to burn out. And there is a whole spectrum of burnout and you can burn out in many different ways. But that's a really, really good indication that you probably need to take stock of where you're at and what's going on. And so what can you do if you're starting to notice? I mean, and I know it might be quite difficult for people. It took, it took you three times to realize, you know, it yeah. took you three times to experience those, um, that kind of, those kind of health issues before you, you did something or before you went, right, okay, not before you did something, but it took you three times to kind of go, right, okay, I need to assess this or I need to really need to look at it. What can people do when they start experiencing those kind of early warning signs? So I think the very, very first thing to do is know what your early warning signs are. So, you know, sit down and if if you're feeling a bit overwhelmed, how does that show up for you? Or if, if if you're not in it at the moment, think of a time when you've been in really high stress. That could have been like a house move. It doesn't even need to be um, related to work. But think of how your body reacted. How did you feel? How did you think? How did you behave? Um, and you'll start to see some like, oh, yeah, that's what I do when I'm not not in in like my comfort zone. That's what I do when I'm feeling a little bit pressured. And having that kind of library yeah. of signs is a really good way for you to be able to go, oh, this is happening again. Okay. What, what's causing it and that's the next thing really figuring out what the source of that stress is um as brits uh, and i say brits it happens elsewhere but i think it, in the uk we, we we do it more we tend to generalize a little bit so we'll yeah. just say oh i'm a bit tired or i've got a lot on or i've got a difficult client and we don't really go to the the source of what it is about that situation that's stressing us out and the more specific you can be the easier it will be to resolve that problem. So yeah. the easier it is to, if you can pinpoint it, you can start to reduce it or hopefully remove it completely. So be aware of what, you, what what's going on and then try and pinpoint where it comes from. And then the next thing is figuring out, okay, now you know that, what do you need to feel better in this situation? And that could be you know, very, very different things for so many people. Like figuring out your basic needs for uh, feeling healthy and calm is so important. So I know mine is having regular time to myself, yeah. having um, time to exercise and, and be out in fresh air and having control over my my kind of meetings and stuff during the day. That Those three things for me, I really, really, really need to feel like I'm okay. And then you go into, okay, like, so once you know that, how do you protect that, those needs? So you look at your boundaries. Yeah. You know, how do you, what, where do you set boundaries in your business? Where do you set boundaries with, with friends and families? Could be around time, could be around energy, personal space, um, contracts, uh, putting it into your emails, putting it into your uh, Instagram highlights, you know, making sure you're protecting your needs with some good boundaries. And then the more practical side is definitely um, to start to take back control of your time and energy. So again, I mentioned for me having an idea of what's going on in my day and making sure that I don't have loads of 
uh, meetings during the morning time because that's normally when I do my kind of deep thinking strategic work yeah. and keeping just keeping an eye of where your your most productive or your most um, kind of focused work is versus your most kind of distracted work and, and, and planning your day around that and then building in ways every single day to de-stress. So those are the kind of the six key things that um, once you notice it, that you can do to start to take back control and step away from burnout. And so in terms of so having a structure that you can have those having a structure within your week that you've making sure that you've got the time within that week or within your month within your day to take time out or to whatever whatever it is that like you say in terms of that you need that whether it's exercise or that you've got yeah. that 15 minutes to just rest meditate listen to a nice uh, exactly you know, sound bath or whatever it might be get just get some fresh air have a chat with a friend you know if that or or time on your own exactly exactly and doing things that help you to de-stress is so important as well. And it's not, you know, uh, that'll look different to everyone. So, yeah, if it's a sound bath, great. If it's going for a run, brilliant. If it's having a chat with your best mate, that works too, yeah. you know. Just having a bath with some candles. You know, it doesn't have exactly. to be, you know, it doesn't have to be something really elaborate. It can It can be those simple things. And I think in terms of, like you said, about boundaries, it's really, you know, we're in a we're in a world where everyone feels like they're always on or they're always available yeah. or they can always be got to or contacted, whether it's mobile phone, whether it's direct message on Instagram or whatever it is. And like I said, I um I messaged someone yesterday on Instagram and and they an immediate direct message came up from them and it said, Hi, thanks for the message. I'm trying to reduce my uh, time on social media. So between the hours of X and X, I'm spending with my family, I'll get back to you tomorrow. You know, and I thought yeah. that was a really great thing to do because I wasn't expecting an answer, but it was really great to say I've acknowledged it. It's there, but they, you know, as a person that received it, they don't think, oh my God, I have to get back to all these people. It's not that I've told them this is what's happening. So I'm prioritizing myself and my family and then I'll get, and then I'll get back to them. I just thought it was really, it's like an out of office on an email, you know, yeah. and saying, and like you said, yeah. where you're, when you're available. I think that's a, a brilliant example of setting a really clear boundary around social media. Instagram is just a bit of an energy drain, right? But, mm-hmm. you know, for lots of our businesses, it's just so important. And also, it, you know, there's loads of great things around it. It gets, it gets a bad rep, but, you know, you, we, we've, we've met through there. Yeah, exactly. um, I've got lots of other business friends. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So there's lots of good things about it. But very similarly to the, the, um, the Instagram message, you can put out an auto response so all of your emails go out mm-hmm. like that as well. So you can have, you know, if you're a client, I'll get back to you within whatever time X, period. Yeah. If you're exactly, you know, and, and the next step, if they're not, like how do they go? Is it via an inquiry form? Where can they find out more information? In my email signature, for example, I, I explain that between Monday and Friday, um, it will take me usually around 48 hours to get back to people if they're not kind of like a, 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 a priority project or a client that I'm working on on that specific day. Yeah. Or unless, it, or, or unless I'm doing a one-to-one call with, you know, a coaching client, then obviously that's, that session is in there and I respond to them because I'm expecting it. I mean, like you say, there's so many things that can be automated that can take the pressure off you of feeling that you have to get Completely. back to something straight away. So in terms of, we've looked at what are the signs of burnout. If you've missed all those signs and you are you are burnt out and you're overwhelmed, what should you do? Rest. Mm-hmm. Do not push through. Do not keep going. Um, I did that. I thought, I didn't realise it was burnout. I just knew that I was not okay. 
Um, but I just felt like I would figure it out and I didn't and that burnout turned into chronic anxiety and then a little while later into a depression mm-hmm. um so rest um and very similar to what I mentioned about when you start to notice the signs once you start once you've kind of you know feel like you're back on a bit of an even keel you've got a small bit of energy try and figure out what caused it always try and pinpoint um where it's coming from and it's nearly it's nearly never what we think it is when we actually go, you know, why is that? Why is it? Who is it? What is it? Mm-hmm. And really question and, and, and drill down the source of the, or the trigger, let's say, often isn't what we think it is. So really, really interrogate it. Um, get some support. You know, I, I often share that burnout is not a weakness. Um, it's a sign that your body's been doing too much for too long without support. Yeah. So that support can look like, friends and family telling them what's going on asking for some extra support at home it could be working with um, a a business consultant or a coach if if it's your business it could be outsourcing you know if you've got some tasks that you really don't need uh, to do yourself or that you don't need kind of um, a huge amount of expertise perhaps you can outsource some of those smaller tasks to take the load off but it could also be things like getting groceries delivered to the house or meal boxes prepared Whatever it, that's what I say. Hiring really a cleaner pin, if you if you need to. Or, exactly a cleaner. Whatever it is that is really, if you you know, whatever you can do to take the pressure off, um, do it. Whether you know, if it's in your means to be able to afford to outsource, do it. Because if you look at where you invest your time and money in your business, the 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 important tasks that you really need to do is where you'll generate that money and where you'll grow your business from. Yeah. But I bet that most most people listening, because I, I, I still sometimes do it, and I've definitely done it in the past, spend a lot of time doing tiny tasks, which I'm not very good at, but someone else could do in a fraction of the time yeah. for, a, you know, for a reasonable amount of money. They'd be, paid, they'd be paid perfectly for it, and everyone would be doing much better, you know? So outsource and get support in whatever shape um, that you can afford that's right for, right for you. Absolutely. I think the whole outsourcing side of things, I remember when I first started my business and I'd first started on Canva and it was just taking me ages. I was trying to produce brochures and then I hired a VA and she did what was taking me a day and a half to do. She she did in two hours and she got paid yeah. the rate that she needed to. And, you know, it meant then, then that freed up my time to create other things for the business that I could then get her to to pull together, you know, and it gives you time for the thinking and the ideas and that space in your mind to create yeah. and, and think. And you touched, well, I suppose in terms of when you're talking about all those tasks and and when people have a look at, right, oh my God, I've got so much to get on with. How do you advise people people to prioritise? Oh, this is, this is a tough question always. So how do you prioritise when everything is a priority, right? Mm-hmm. Um First and foremost, look at what you're trying to achieve. I think, you know, we get sucked in like, oh, we should be doing this because we see other people doing it. I think Instagram is probably one of the the most frustrating spaces for, you know, we kind of have an eye on so many people and and feel pressured to do similar things to them. But first of all, look at what it is you're trying to achieve. Like, what's your what's your goal? Where do you see where do you see your business in six months time it hasn't you know it hasn't got to be miles and miles out and then work back from there okay what do I need to do uh, within three months to kind of be halfway there and break it down um, and keep going back until you kind of think okay these are the these are the absolute minimum 
things I need to do to move myself towards the goal. Everything else is a nice to have. Mm-hmm. And those nice to haves, maybe there's some things you really want to do because they excite you, pull them in, but not to the expense that you can't do those essentials. And then with those essentials, you can look at, so there's the Eisenhower matrix. Lots of people talk about this one now, really good. So you can say, that, what is it out of these that I have to do? that only I can do and they need to be done now. They're your priority. Mm-hmm. Then you look, okay, what needs to be done but doesn't really need to be done by me? Delegate. So if you've got a team member, you can delegate that work to them. I know it's hard when you're only owning your own business. and we, there are, It's our baby and we don't always want to pass over control, but practice doing it. Do, you know, Start with small tasks, but start to delegate, outsource, ask for help. Then other things... Um, is what can you drop? Like what's like that that list of nice to haves, even in that list of nice to haves, you know that some of that stuff is is pointless. If we're very brutal with our with ourselves, our ego might not like it, but we can really let go of a lot of stuff and just clearing that away can remove that feeling of overwhelm and make us feel like, okay, actually, if I just do this one thing this month, I'm going to be so much closer to that goal mm-hmm. uh, and the business that I want in six months time. There's loads of different ways that you can prioritize, but that's kind of like yeah, no, um, one one clear kind of simple way to do it. We touched a little bit on about stress and I know there's there's good stress and there's bad stress or the stress that leads to overwhelm. Can you touch on that yeah. a little bit? Yeah, so yeah, stress, you know, definitely gets a bit of a, 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 a bad rep. You know, like, oh, we, we want to live stress-free lives, but we don't really. Like stress certain certain amounts of stress is really healthy for us there's lots of research that shows that you know if i i'm, I'm drawing but you can't see it because it's a podcast obviously so imagine like a bell curve so you know there's a, a little mountain in the middle of the graph and yeah. that first part like let's put it into just thirds that first part is when you've got no stress so you're really um bored and engaged if you think of a job or a time in your business where you've not had much on there's been nothing new and nothing exciting it's boring right there's no stress yeah then it gets to that net news we that's that's not good we don't want to be without stress completely and you get this middle bit this is like when we're really performing at our best we've got things that are pushing us out of our comfort zone there's maybe not like too much going on but enough to keep us on our toes and that we feel engaged we feel invigorated by the work we're doing and that's that, that middle section of, of, the, of the graph. And as soon as we start to move towards that third one is when we might start to notice those feelings of overwhelm. And that, 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 that third section will start and, and end in very different places for all of us. Mm-hmm. You know, some people just thrive on like nonstop 24-7. Other people don't. And that's why I say it's so important to understand what your signs are and yeah. what your needs are. Because it doesn't matter where anyone else is on that cave. It matters what the trigger is for you and what your kind of, um, you know, where you drop from healthy stress into unhealthy stress is. So, yeah, it's not all bad, but knowing where the, where the boundary is is really important. I think that's a really good point to mention in terms of everyone has different levels and different, um, I suppose, tolerances for, for stress. It yeah. can, take, can take on more or or less than than others and I suppose that leads me to my one of my next questions which is about if you have a team and identifying team members that may be on that way to to overwhelm or burnout or or you know or taking on too much and how do you deal with that 
Yeah, so this, is, so this is very, very similar. So in the same way that you would look for your signs and symptoms, you'd kind of get familiar with the most common ones. So we've, I've touched on some, so um, you can't see whether they're sleeping or not, but if they're telling you they're tired and they seem yeah. irritable, if they're complaining about having headaches or they're frequently getting sick, you can see that they're, they're having some physical symptoms that something isn't quite right. But these are the less obvious ones. So if people are like withdrawing, if they're maybe having little outbursts and snapping at, at, at colleagues or hopefully not clients or hopefully no one, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, hopefully no one's snapping. But if, if they are feeling, if they're a bit more short tempered or you notice they're a bit more emotional, perhaps being very, very slow to respond to stuff. But also it can be the opposite of being extremely fast and constantly replying to the, you know, the nanosecond that you send them something, they're pummeling you with all the information. These are signs that they're probably a little bit anxious, maybe a bit stressed out. Yeah. Um, so in, in that situation, you know, sit down with them, ask them what's going on, tell them what you've noticed, but really stick to the facts don't make assumptions about, oh, you seem like you're burning out. Just say, I've noticed that you've that you've said you're tired. I've noticed that you're, you know, you, as soon as I respond, as soon as I send you a message, you're instantly there. You're always connected. You're sending me stuff on the weekends and in the nighttime. Um, is everything okay? No, don't, you ask them how they are. Don't tell them how you think they are. Yeah. And then you then you look at what you can do to support them. That could be reducing the amount of demands. You could be giving them a bit more flexibility or control and, and giving them some extra support or time off so they can have it. And I think as well, like you said, it's it's recognizing the differences in, in their behavior. I mean, I've had um, I remember working when I was working at Primark and one of my team members was always really efficient um, and just always always on it but in a good way not on it in terms of you know answering emails at whatever in the morning but and I just really started to notice um a difference in her behavior and you know I just kind of we had a chat over over lunch and I said there's something that's different I you know I probably didn't it might not have done it the right way but I said something is different what you know what's going on you know is there something that's going on what can I help you with you know you don't seem as I don't know whether it was fit, uh, focused or committed. It wasn't even that. It was just, I noticed that there was a difference. Couldn't put my finger on it, but there was yeah. a difference. And I just wanted to have that conversation with her. And she, she then um, identified what was going on and was just so relieved to be able to have that conversation. And then, we, you know, we made um, changes for her to be able to cope with what was going on personally. Because a lot of things, I think people, I think it's gotten better, but a, a lot of people don't want to bring, if you know if they're working in a corporate world they don't want to bring their personal into their professional world and they want you know they, yeah. they go into that those they go into those doors of the office and like right okay no I'm in control everything nothing's going on at home or everything that's happening with kids or my husband or whatever it is or the family not that doesn't exist you know and they're trying to deny all that and you know but it, it comes in because their mind's not focused and you know yeah yeah completely with it so whenever I kind of especially with one-to-one -one, uh, clients, we, we always look at the complete picture, not just what's going on in work or uh, in their business. Yeah. Because if, 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 you know, things are really, really not going great outside of work with childcare or your relationship or whatever it might be, of course, you you know, we're, we're, we're human beings. We're, we're complete human beings. We don't have like separate bits that we send to work and the other bit stays at home. Oh, if only, right. Mm -hmm. Um, so, of course, you, we need to be conscious of, of how work influences our personal life and our private life and, and vice versa. And, and, and the sooner organisations can do that, the better. And I think COVID actually has, 
has helped in some ways. There's been lots of bad bits, but in, in part because we've seen, you know, seen humans in their natural habitat. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. the kids walking this, in, asking them exactly. you know, someone to wipe their bum or whatever it might be. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> straight face yeah. and that happens. Yeah. yeah. Of course, and there's that that human element. I really hope has softened the corporate world a little bit. Um, I at one point last year, I definitely thought it had, and as we're starting to go back in towards, you know, you're hearing people, uh, hearing organisations saying, "Oh, we want everyone back in and pushing people a little bit." Let's see how how this pans out. We just don't know, but it's definitely given us more insight to the fact that that person that sits on the other end of the conference table or uh, um, your client or your colleague um, has a life outside of the work, outside of work that can be influenced in how they're thinking and feeling and vice versa. And just to take all of that into account. Great. Thank you. And just two more questions I have for you. Um, one is um, now that we, I mean, like you mentioned it there that a lot of people are still working from home. So what do you recommend for people that are working from home to try and have more of a balance? Because it's very easy when you're working from home to at six o'clock after you've had your dinner, oh, I'll just go back up and do X, Y, Z, you know, um, what do you recommend for those, for those people that are working from home? And a lot of, a lot of uh, people that are starting their business may be doing it from home anyway, you know, before they have premises or whatever it might be. What do you recommend there to, to try and, um, instill those boundaries and that, that balance? So um, what I will say before I get into it is that everyone has different home lives. So perhaps you've got uh, dependents that you need to care for during the day, which means you do work into the evening. So, you know, take this advice and make it relevant for you. But generally, first and foremost, keep your work separate from a living space and that doesn't necessarily mean uh, it needs to be in an office it doesn't need to be a completely separate room but don't bring it into your bedroom for example um I, I'm sat on my bed now it's like you know you the, the <laughs> listeners can't see because because the sand is better in here but generally try not to work from um from bed try not to have your laptop out when you finish dinner if you don't want to do any more work put it away and switch your notifications off on your phone so that one of the most effective ways of kind of having a little bit of control and setting those boundaries which have gotten so blurred the last year is having a ritual to start and finish your day and that can be you know before you even get into work mode you go down or where if you're in a flat you go across you put the kettle on you have a cup of tea you don't do anything um until you actually start work you don't fly straight into it you just take even if it's one minute mm-hmm. to go okay starting my starting my day getting into it and then at the end of the day this is a really this is the most important bit doing something that marks the end of the work day and that's something will look different to everyone but definitely clear away your workspace do not want to see a laptop because that even if you don't do the work it'll just give a little notification a little message to your brain I'm still here yeah (laughs) oh maybe I shouldn't forget to message so-and-so tomorrow I shouldn't and instantly we're we're into that next one is write your to-do list for the next day at the end of the day yeah Write everything down so you, you don't have any of those things pinging into your head, you know, throughout the evening that takes you back to your laptop or your notebook so that your head's empty so you can actually relax. And then the other thing is doing something physical. So when I say physical, 
exercise is a brilliant way to complete your stress cycle and remove the, the stress hormone from your body at the end of the day. But it doesn't have to be movement. It could be um, doing something creative. Maybe, you know, you like to doodle. I, I'm a big fan of doodling. I wouldn't call it art. Perhaps you want to go for a walk, um, watch something funny. Or if you, have a, if you had a really, really big day and you're feeling a bit emotional, watch something sad so this is just like not really? like to popular. get it out is it? <laughs> exactly so so mm. crying is such a natural thing to do and we often kind of go oh, I'm not going to cry why am I crying I shouldn't be crying this is ridiculous but sometimes we just need a blinking cry right and it's yeah. such a cathartic way to release like a physical release of all of that emotion and yeah so like whatever whatever it is that makes you cry over over lockdown um I really got into this is us and it's feel good crying but yeah. oh my goodness did I cry and it would last for a couple of minutes and it'd be mouth open sobbing and then I'd be like oh god that's good <laughs> and it's you know it sounds you know no one's gonna say go, no, no. You know, go and watch something sad but I've it got does tears really. in my eyes thinking about it now <laughs> yeah so so do, just just you know find what works for you might be Bambi you know I don't like scary sad sad stuff but they, you know, those kind of feel good oh my goodness how sweet life is type of tears for yeah. me are really cathartic but I also love the gym so I'll go and do weights and that's my way of saying I'm done I've got energy but you know whatever it is for you but do something and stick at it so at the end of the day even if it's a five minute walk around the block or sitting in the garden with a cup of because that eventually will tell your brain, oh, it's safe to stop now. Yeah. You know, it takes a little while. And, and I really build that into uh, a routine then. Exactly. Like you train that you get that, that neuroplasticity to train your brain to stop working in the night. And a really um, good little tip is if you find yourself, which I often do when I've got a lot on, thinking about work when you should be resting, put a little elastic band on your wrist. If you've got long hair, you've probably got a bobble around your wrist most of the time anyway. And when you catch yourself daydreaming, ping it. Just mm-hmm. just gent not to like, you know, leave any damage, but just ping it to say, shouldn't be thinking about this right now. And again, eventually you'll start to train your, your your brain to let go of work so you can switch off and have those boundaries when you're at home. Brilliant. And how do and my last question is basically about you, is a little bit more about you in terms of how do people how do people work with you? Because I know you work with corporates as well as individuals. So if you could yeah. just let me know a little bit about that, that would be great. Yeah. So on, on the corporate side, so, um, I go in uh, work with leadership teams, with managers and with teams generally. Um, usually around stress and burnout um, and then general health, general mental health, um, helping them to kind of identify the signs, find more uh, productive, healthy, smarter ways of working. Um, and with the leadership and management level, how do they do that in their teams? How do they support their teams? And then on the one-to-one side, so I work with business owners and professionals who are ambitious but maybe a little bit overstretched and want to finally uh, find a way to balance their mental well-being and their professional success so I do that with one-to-one coaching and at the end of September really October um, I'm going to be launching a new program um, which yeah which will be six weeks and it will actually cover some of the stuff we've talked today. So how to spot your own signs, uh, what to do to spot, to understand the sources and how to fix it, how to set boundaries, how to manage your time better and find that flow and get control of your time and energy during the day. And then figuring out what it is for you that helps you complete that stress cycle and building that into your routine. So you start to feel healthy and calm in work again. And your Instagram handles and your uh, website address? 
So my Instagram is at Katie Phil, so K-A-T-I-E-P-H-I-L-L. And my website is um, www.kdp.coach. So not .com. So we'll have this linked in the show notes so people that are listening yeah, okay, to go fair. straight to um katie's instagram and uh website and check out those courses and the programs that she offers so thank you so much for chatting to me today katie i've really enjoyed that My pleasure and um if you have enjoyed it as well i'd love for you to give a review or subscribe and um thank you very much for listening and we'll chat see you next week Bye.